1: Hey, it's Monique. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to episode 104 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. Also, I love to talk about overall wellness and business topics, especially when it pertains to veganism and building a vegan brand because... That is just so fun to me. So I love talking about all of that stuff. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram, where I love to play music on my Insta stories and show what I'm eating. Um, I'm Brown Vegan over there as well. And uh, yeah, I hope you're having a good day. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I'm so excited to bring another episode for you. Um, this one is an interview, of course, because the interviews are always fun, right? So, I have an interview for you. I have Desiree from ICanYouCanVegan.com. She is a food blogger, photographer, um, vegan traveler, corporate woman. And so, it was so good to finally connect with Desiree off of Instagram. We met there a couple of years ago. And I feel like our relationship is going to definitely blossom now that we've connected on this podcast episode. So I'm super excited to have this interview for you. I don't even like calling these interviews. I I think they're conversations. So I'm so glad to have this conversation for you. So as always, Desiree is going to start off with her vegan story because, you know, I always love to find out why a person decided to become vegan. Then we're going to talk about whether or not blogging is still relevant, her process of blogging, working with brands as far as with sponsorships, the ups and downs of that. (laughs) Thank you. The <laughs> cat Traveling as a vegan, her favorite thing to do. If you follow her on Instagram, which is I Can You Can Vegan, you probably see all of the travel pictures with her and her husband. They're always going somewhere, which is good. <laughs> and so she's going to talk about what she does to make that uh, experience just fulfilling for her and her husband. And speaking of her husband, we're also going to talk about being in a relationship with a person who isn't vegan, but also, you know, open to the idea. Well, not necessarily open, but at least they don't give you a hard time about being vegan and how she is able to make that look for her relationship. Because I know that's relatable for a lot of people that you decide to go vegan and your spouse isn't necessarily interested in being vegan, but they still support you. And that is her experience. So I'm so glad she shared that. As always, you can get all of the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 104. And before we jump into the episode, I want to let you know that the consultations are still open if you want to work with me one-on-one for YouTube and how to start a YouTube channel or how to start a podcast, because I get that all the time, like how to do that. If you want to work with me, all you have to do is go to askbrownvegan.com and sign up for a session. And yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and Get into the conversation with Desiree from ICANNUCANVEGAN.com. Well,
2: I decided to become vegan a few years ago. I think this is my third year on the journey as of January, and I fell victim to the, um, the documentaries. I was at home. I think it was, yeah, it was like right after the holidays and I'm at home chilling. And one of my favorite pastimes is to watch documentaries because I I love anything about people, food, whatever. I'm just a documentary person. So one day I'm sitting at home and I'm just kind of hanging out and I think what the health had just come out. So I'd heard of it and I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. I like, I like food. I like to eat let's watch this. And after that, I was like, oh, okay. So basically I became vegan overnight, pretty Mm much. Um, not literally because it did take me some time. I think me and my husband had gone to new Orleans and Texas after that. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Like I didn't want to eat dairy and meat anymore. Um, as far as the diet aspect of things, but I didn't, I was just like a fish out of water, just like most people. Cause it's like, okay, well, what else is there left to eat? Mm-hmm. So I think for those trips, I was probably more like vegetarian. And if there was a vegan option, I went with it. But at that time, like I didn't, I didn't have a community for one. I didn't have like a vegan community um, online or anything. I didn't know anyone who was vegan. So I didn't have any real life resources. I didn't even know about happy cow. I didn't even know about the website. Like that is such, such a wonderful tool to have whenever you're traveling, but I didn't know anything. And my husband, he thinks that I'm crazy. So he was of no help at that point. <laughs> he was just like, you know, so what, what, what are we going to eat? What are you going to do? So, um, so for, yeah, for, I guess at that particular point, I was more vegetarian. Um, but after I came back home, I was like, okay. I got to figure this thing out because one thing I'm not about to do is be starving. I don't miss a meal. Okay. And I have been (laughs) like that since I was a kid. Like I have memories. Like my parents used to take us on road trips a lot. And I always packed a lunch because I was like, you know, if they decide not to stop, I just can't be sitting in the back hungry. Like Mm -hmm. I got my little Capri Sun, maybe a little sandwich, maybe some chips or something like that. I was always ready. And my grandma still gets on me to this day about that because I like to eat. So, you know, with that being said, there was no way in the world that I was going to adopt this new lifestyle and be hungry all the time. I knew that there had to be more to being vegan than just bland salads and, you know, boring foods, carrots and stuff and nothing wrong with carrots, but... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I didn't want to be one of those vegans who only ate salads and just was not excited about food anymore cuz obviously that had been a, a a good part of my identity I guess. And as it is for most people, I mean, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things to do is to look forward to lunch. I'd be so excited about lunch <laughs> every day. Like work is cool and all, but come twelve o'clock, it's going down. Right, it's like clockwork. I look forward to my lunch. I look forward to my snacks. When I get home, and if I feel like eating dessert, if I have something on hand, I can't wait to tear it down. So yeah, it's just that that's been that was actually my inspiration for this blog because when I first got on this journey, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna eat? And I felt so strongly about. The health aspect of adopting a vegan diet because our people are dying. Like Black folks, we suffer from heart disease and um, high blood pressure and all sorts of things. And I personally don't don't have any of those ailments, but I don't want to develop them either. So for me, it was like you know, if if I can help offset that or minimize the chances of those affecting me in my future and all i got to do is you know make some make some dietary changes i'm all over it
1: yes definitely i love yeah. all of that yeah so that's what made you actually want to start blogging to show the food because that was yes. such an important part of your life yeah
2: yes exactly exactly because um i knew that there were other people out there that looked just like me who maybe had heard about a vegan diet or knew that you know meat and dairy weren't the greatest for your health um, but didn't know any alternatives, and I was that person. I had no idea. But I promise, it's like a whole new world opens up once you shut out those two, those two areas of the food pyramid. Because there is so much more to food than what I grew up on. I mean, being vegan has just has just widened those doors so much. It's crazy. And then another aspect of it was for me just to be a little more personal and transparent. A few years ago, my mom passed away from breast cancer. And I remember while she was sick, I I couldn't help but think about me. Like, okay, so what does this mean for me? Like, is this hereditary? And you hear that a lot. You hear that cancer can be hereditary. And I'm like, how the hell does that? That don't make no sense. What do Mm -hmm. you mean? Like, this is crazy. So I, there was a point where I was just like, well, I guess it's inevitable. I guess this is my future. I guess this is what's going to happen. And then it wasn't until I saw what the health and food choices where I was like, oh, maybe it doesn't have to be my future. Now anything is possible. But like I said before, my goal is just to minimize the chances of me, you know, getting having any health concerns or issues in the future. Right. So, being proactive. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so that 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 was really for me and I can't help but think like dang, I wish, you know, when my mom was still here, I wonder what a plant-based diet would have done for her if anything. I mean, I've, I've read some stories about it. I haven't witnessed anything personally. So I don't know, you know, whether or not a plant-based diet is the heel all that some folks say that it is, but I sure would have tried. Mm-hmm. I can't help but wonder what, how things may have changed if I knew about a plant-based diet and all of the, the benefits of it. It's, it's something I think about all the time. So, but anyway, if I can... Be um, proactive and eliminate that uh those conditions for myself, then I'm all over it. So here I am. I even before I went vegan, I think before that I was pescatarian for a while. And I was my husband, he I I feel like we joked about it once upon a time ago when when I was pescatarian, and I was like, oh no, I could never Mm -hmm. give up dairy. Like what? Butter, milk eggs, cheese, like, get out
1: of here. And lo and behold, look at at me now, girl. Yes, yes, I can relate. (laughs) Yes. Did you, so when you first went vegan, did you struggle with the idea of not, of course, I know you struggle with the idea of not eating those things. Did you quickly look for replacements or did you just figure out a way to, I guess, eliminate it? because yeah. yeah, I always wonder how people do it. Now I know cause I did it like forever ago. So it's a little different now. I feel like everyone has so many options these days. Right. Um, so like, how did that look for you when you first transitioned?
2: Yeah, I definitely did a lot of substitutes. Um, cause I was, I was looking to still, I wanted to make, I wanted to make myself feel like I wasn't missing out on anything. So for me, the best thing to do was to find, you know, one for one substitutes for it. So if I wanted eggs, I found an egg substitute. Now the egg substitute that I'm thinking about was not that great. I think (laughs) Uh, anyway, I won't say the name, but it just, it it wasn't the just egg that's on the market. Now let's, let's put it like that.
1: Oh, I think I
2: know what Um, you're talking about. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I, I tried some substitutes. Like I experimented with a lot of different vegan cheeses, which I know for some folks is like the hardest part is the oh, cheese. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but some things like uh, ice cream, and I don't eat sweets every single day, but I do enjoy sweets. I love some cake and cookies and all that stuff. But like the ice creams, I thought that was so easy. Like my favorite is So Delicious, and if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen that in my stories or on my feed. Like, So Delicious has the ice cream game on lock. Yes, okay? they do. Like, <laughs> the flavors that they come with, like, you don't even, you don't need, you don't need dairy when you have So Delicious. Like, for no, right. so what? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I did a lot of substitutes, but I think maybe after a year, or so I was like, Okay. I got so excited with all the the vegan substitutes I was finding, but I also realized I was eating a lot of crap, lots of processed foods. And so now I, and I still love my junk food um, and you'll see me blog about it, but I think that it was necessary for me to also find a balance. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, more whole foods, um, you know, more beans, just more whole foods in general. Um, I was, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, the greens and the fruits and the vegetables, like everything like that. And I think that it's important to show people that these, you know, fruits and vegetables can taste really good if you know what you're doing with them. I think for a lot of people, folks get turned off by, ooh, it's vegan, ew, gross. And they think that it won't have any flavor. But I think one thing that people forget is that. If you're just eating boiled chicken breast, that ain't going to have no flavor to it. You're not going to like it. You only like, you know, the foods that you like because the way that it's seasoned. So you have to remember that, you know, for folks transitioning into a vegan or plant-based diet or whatever, nothing is going to taste good if you don't season it right. right. That's where all the flavor is. You wouldn't just eat a boiled piece of chicken. So don't expect to um to cook some some tofu with with no seasonings or no marinade or anything. That's just crazy. Exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah. I said the same thing. I was like I feel like that when it comes to, to- tofu because I feel like tofu gets such a bad rap because people don't take the time to nurture it like they would I don't know if nurture. I don't know if nurtures the word but they don't I know what you mean yeah to prep it like if it was a steak you would not take the steak out the freezer and throw it in the oven you would take your time with it so it's the same process with your fruits I mean not your fruit but your vegetables the same process with your proteins your plant-based proteins absolutely I definitely agree with that Uh
2: absolutely your food has to have some flavor so for sure
1: yeah. So, what is your? I know your husband thought you were crazy, which is, <laughs> and
2: still does. <did. laughs>
1: I mean, hey. <laughs> so, how did your cooking change for him then? So, did you make separate meals when you first started? Like, how did this look for your family?
2: What, what did I do? That feels like so long ago. I think. I think initially. I was, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm having flashbacks now. So I think <laughs> that initially I really wanted him to hop on board with me. I'm not going to lie.
3: Of course, I was one
2: of those people that was like, know, I'm doing this. I really think that you should be doing it. And because of the health aspects of it, I was like, for me, it was a no brainer. Like, duh, this is the move. Like, this is what we need to be doing. Like, don't you want to live? I'm, I want to grow old with you. Like, you're my partner i I need you i want I want you to be here forever, and this is the best way to 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 get that to happen. So jump on this bandwagon with me, and he's like, "Go
1: oh, no, <laughs> that's no. so
2: cute, but I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I know it, I, I see what you're doing, but no, no, I'm good. Um so initially, I think I was making food and just wanting him to eat it. And I guess if he didn't like it, I think that he went on to find something else. Um, But of course, this is like the early stages. So I'm experimenting with a lot of stuff. And I think that this might even have been pre-blog world. I think I went vegan in January. And I don't think I started my blog until like April or something. So for the first few months, it was a lot of experimenting. And to be honest, it probably wasn't all that great. Of course. I can't blame him for for not eating a lot of the stuff that I did. But these days, I am not about that two-meal life. To be honest, we cook for ourselves because I ain't got time. He knows, that, um, he knows that he's welcome to any of the food. But my husband can also be a little picky at times. Like he wants what he wants. And to be honest, he, he probably would, would really like it if I cooked chicken and stuff for him. But I just can't do it. Because even when I did eat meat, I hated cleaning chicken. Yeah. I thought it was so gross, like the smell of it having to cut the fat off, like, ah, the bones, oh, gross, I hated it. So I was like, if I'm not going to do it for me, I can't be doing it for you. I hear you. So one of his favorite meals that I used to cook was a chicken curry that my mom used to make for me growing up. And I used to make it for him while we were, I don't know, I don't know if I made it in college, but definitely made it after college for him. And he loved it. So he would always be asking me to make chicken curry for him for like his birthdays and stuff like that. So, um, what I would do is initially I was making the chicken. This is before I went on strike with cooking meat
3: <laughs> and I was <laughs> Not making strike. Chicken.
2: Yes. I, was <laughs> I I went on strike. I had to, cause <laughs> I was sick of it. I was like, this is gross. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to touch it. And I don't want nothing to do with it. Um, so before I stopped cooking meats, I would make, I would make the meal for him, and then afterwards, or maybe later I would just, um, If he asked me to make chicken curry for him now, I would just make the sauce and then ask him to prepare the chicken however he wants to. And so he could, you know, eat it that way and just add it, add the chicken to the sauce and whatever. And then we just pair it with rice. And then when I do that, he can eat the chicken curry as he knows it. And then I can, you know, eat it with vegetables or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we both win. So in a perfect world, I would make more meals like that. Um, but these days I'm doing a lot of meal prepping because blogging is great, but it is also very time consuming. Mm -hmm. So that's really the reason that I got into meal prepping was because of him. I, I would come home during the week. I would already plan out what I was going to cook for the week. And I think I used to cook on Mondays, Wednesdays, and maybe Fridays if I didn't have anything left over. Um, But whenever I would do that and say it was a recipe that I also wanted to share on the blog, I would have to come home. Don't let it be a workout day because that's an extra hour um, later that I'm going to start in the kitchen. So let's say I get home at five o'clock, I work out until six. I don't start on dinner until around 6.15. I don't finish until around seven. And then I still have to take pictures of it. I get finished with the pictures. Then I got to clean the kitchen up. Mm. Before you know, it, it's nine o'clock and I ain't even seen my husband wow. he, He's upstairs or wherever. Cause I'm busy in the kitchen doing all this stuff. So after a while he was like, that's right. This is not going to work. We're going to have to figure out something else. And so I was like, okay, how can I fix this? And then meal prepping came along and I was like, this is genius. <laughs> so now I, I don't know how long I've been doing it. It feels like for a minute, but now I'm meal prepping prepping every Sunday. So at Sunday, after breakfast is going down. I'm in the kitchen getting a puppet with my um, dinner. I'll do my dinner for the week, usually. Um, my dinners are usually raw, so if I need to do those during the week, then I'll do that, because usually they're pretty simple. Um, but definitely do my lunches for the week, and I also prep my smoothies, which I um, drink for breakfast. So if you watch my Instagram stories over at I Can You Can Vegan, you'll see every Sunday I post pictures about whatever I'm making and do little short video tutorials and stuff like that. Um, So really meal prepping was a lifesaver for me because now when I come home after work, I can work out and then enjoy your evening
1: and enjoy my evening yes. Yes, yes yes So you gotta tell me this Desiree how in the world were you taking pictures at night um, after all of that because your picture first of all I love your photo quality I think it's really good I love mm-hmm. like simple beautiful pictures and I feel like you have done that
3: but Thank like what you.
1: yeah what in the world were you doing I know it's all obviously artificial is it a whole like with this whole ordeal that you had set up in your yeah. kitchen yeah. so it
2: kind of was so we don't really use our kitchen table a lot of- unfortunately. So that's like my set, if you will. So I have it all set up with, um, my little backdrop and then my, um, it's a faux, uh, faux countertop that I have. And, um, it's, it's all very, very basic. So if you came over to the house, you'd be like, is what you mean? You wouldn't even know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's all very, very basic. Um, and then I did have some artificial lighting. Yes. Um, and honestly, I'm still trying to figure out artificial lighting, but because I meal prep on Sundays now, I don't have to worry about um, the sun going down too early. It's just, it can be hit and go. You know, if there, if it's super cloudy and dark outside at two o'clock, that sucks. But, um, yeah, generally because I'm meal prepping now during the day, I don't even have to worry about that. So a lot of the content that I've been posting recently, um, has been shot in natural light, which is way... The best, yeah. Dear. Yes, it's it's everything. Like, I would love to go back and try to figure out um, the artificial light because I do have some photos where you can't tell and it looks great. It looks like natural light. Um, but yeah, I just... I I have not carved out the time to do it.
1: No, I don't blame you. So I, you, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is blogging because I think that just like you, that's where I started. I started my blog because I had to show everybody in the world that vegan food was much more than salads and smoothies and things like that. Yeah. And I was having so much fun with this lifestyle. And I was like, I got to show folks that this is, you can do this, right? Yes. So that's how I started. And then of course I moved over to YouTube and this podcast and then social media came about. So I feel like these days I probably have not blog. What, what is it? February. I probably have not blogged mm-hmm. since about, December because it's not necessarily something that is a priority to me because I feel sure. like I get the the best results you know with the podcast and things like that. So I want to know: Do you think that blogging is still relevant? I, I think we kind of talked about this before, but I want to know your take on that.
2: I do. I definitely do. I think that one thing that people well maybe not forget, but I've seen some people who want to share recipes and they want this to like be a business or whatever. But, and they feel like, you know, they can just run it via Instagram, which is a great thought because that's where people are. And if you have a good following and that's fantastic. But at the end of the day, if Instagram disappears tomorrow, where is all your content?
1: Girl, it's gone. gone.
2: It's gone. It's <laughs> gone. Yeah. Cause you don't own it. So, yeah, things happen with websites, though, and but you can back up your website and yeah. you should be backing up your website so that if something happens, at least you don't have to start from square one because that makes this really, right, exactly, that <laughs> would suck. Um, but, yeah, definitely think that there's, uh, there's still some growth opportunities to have in a blog because, like I said, it's, it's your space and you Absolutely. can do whatever you want with it. I get a lot of my traffic from Pinterest, and I feel like recipes, especially blogging for food content, I don't know if it'll ever die. I just, I can't see it because people love food and everybody eats. Yes. So I feel like, I just feel like it'll always be relevant, but who am I? I thought house phones would always be relevant but
1: don't do that (laughs) but here we
2: are and I don't own a house phone (laughs) so um so who knows but yeah I just I just can't see it dying off at any time I mean even before I went vegan I was always googling recipes and looking for different um tips for in the kitchen or oh how do I cook this or how how do you use a grill or you know just different things. What's the best way to grill corn on the cob? Do you do it with the husk or without it? Like People are always going to be looking for new and cool ways to consume food. So I can't see it going anywhere anytime soon.
1: I agree. And I also think, at least in my experience, I'm sure you can relate to this this as well, is that when you blog and you're working with brands, they definitely pay you more than if you just post something on Instagram. Oh yeah, and I yeah. definitely charge more. If you exactly. want if yep. you
2: want content that's going to live on my blog, you're going to have to pay for it. I if know I'm that's right. When an Instagram post, then you know that comes with a different price tag. So yeah, I agree and then it's for me it's it's more work, obviously. It sure is. So with Instagram, I mean, you have the carousel images now, so maybe you might have like three images that you might want to share. But with a blog, I definitely put more than three images up there. And then there's the the writing that goes into it, too. And I don't know about you, but writing is not second nature for me. Like, I can do it, but it's definitely not my bag. So,
1: Same. Yeah, That's why I like, prefer talking here.
2: <laughs> yes. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like to get my my point across and stuff. But I'll be honest, when I first started my blog, you can go back and look now. If you look at my recipes from like 2017, on a blog post, I might have uh, five sentences. Because I was like, and I convinced myself, I was like, nobody cares about what I have to say. They just come in here for the recipes. So why even try to fluff it with all this extra stuff and whatever, like I was not writing. It was purely just, blog. I mean, it was purely just the recipes that I was pushing and maybe a few pictures and my photo quality sucked back then. So (laughs) you might've got one good picture out of me back in those days, but you know, I've evolved, and yes. I'm a mature blogger now. You are. Yes, you are. <laughs> so I stepped it up a little bit, and I learned that you know, for SEO purposes, you have to look like you know what you're talking about. So um, it, it's it's said that you. Know, I think with WordPress, they give you parameters for SEO, um, and it, once you reach a certain character limit, you're now being seen as somebody who is um, reputable and knows what they're talking about as far as whatever your, your, your niches. Um, niche yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know niche. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. So if you only, if you have a blog post with 50 characters in it, they're like, Mm-mm, you're going to have to come harder than that. Like we need some more words. And with time, it, be- it became way more natural for me and didn't really feel as forced. Some days I still, I'll start on a blog post and I'm like, I don't even know what to write. Like, what in the world? But then I learned, you know, tips are very important. If you have tried and tested a recipe three different times, you might be able to offer somebody some tips to make it a little bit easier so that, you know, when a reader is trying out your stuff, then they know to avoid those pitfalls. So that's, that's great content to, to actually put in a blog post that maybe you might not think about because back a few years ago, I was not thinking about tips. I was like, look, this is the recipe. Here's a picture. Have a nice day. Yes, exactly. I'll yeah. see you later. See you next week for another recipe.
1: <laughs> How often are you um, blogging? Like, do you post once a week? What's your schedule look like? Or do yeah, you even have one?
2: I do. So right now, I've, I post um, Mondays and Thursdays. So I usually do two per week. And for the past few years, I've, I've actually been really good about that. I these days, you know, I think it's. Much more about quality in my earlier days. It was just like, oh, I need something to put out. So some of my recipes would be so childish. Like, I'm surprised I haven't deleted them yet. But I feel like I need to keep that on my blog just so I can see how far that I've come.
1: I know that's right. Um,
2: But yeah, for me these days, it's way more about quality. So if it if there comes a time and a week has come and I have nothing to push out, I'm not gonna push anything out because at the end of the day, I I had to tell myself or remind myself, Desiree, this is your business. This is your blog. You don't report to anybody. So in those weeks where I don't have anything to share, I'll just, you know, uh, pull up an old recipe that maybe I, I shared the previous year or something like that. Because, you know, with social media, or the internet period, your audience is always changing. Yes, so,
1: it is. That is know. so underrated. The, yeah. the idea of like repurposing your content. Like, oh, yes. like most of the year, last year, I didn't really post, but I kept, re, you know, I would pull things from like my archives and people oh, thought yeah. it was, they thought it was new or I have like a new audience that they didn't know. So I'm just like, yeah. I think it's, that's underrated. We don't do that enough. And that's why, I think yes. that's one of the strategies that I know for, I'm going to use for myself. I'm going to continue to use that because um, I don't want to burn out. And so that's the exactly. only way that I can be consistent.
2: Exactly. You got to mm-hmm. take the pressure off yourself because, I mean, both of us have full time jobs. So that's a job within itself. Yes. And so on the weekends and in the evenings, I am all about I can, you can, vegan. Like me and my husband will be sitting there watching a show and I'm organizing blog posts. And like last night, for instance, we were watching 911, um, the Lone Star one. I don't know if you've seen that show, but anyway. We were watching TV and I'm just over here on my computer and it's all mindless, but still work. Um, somebody, I reached out to my um, my subscribers that who are subscribed to my, my weekly newsletter or kind of weekly newsletter. <laughs> and I was asking them, I was like, hey, so, you know, how can I help? One of my things that I'm trying to do better is to really be of service to people um, and the only way you can be of service is if you know how to so I asked and some people gave me some suggestions and so of course a lot of people wanted like quick and easy um, meal ideas and even though I shared a post on this a while back I was like you know what I'm gonna tag all the recipes that are 10 ingredients or less and so that'll be um, so it'll be easier for people to find the content So anyway, I I replied to some people and just sent out that link, but yeah, I I think it's definitely a good idea to repurpose your content and, and figure out new ways to, to present it to your audience.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So your process, um, are you shooting and then you're writing or you're writing and shooting, or is it all together? Like, how does that look as far as, because twice a week The idea of that sounds like a lot to me, but I also realized that a lot of people think having a podcast is a lot too. And and it probably is probably, now I think about it, it's probably more work than writing a blog post (laughs) because (laughs) because I got to work around other people's schedules. That's so true. Writing And I do blog posts for the actual podcast episodes too. So that probably is more work, but like, what does your process look like though, Desiree?
2: Yeah, so what I do is I create the content first and I do all the fun stuff first, quote unquote. So it's fun for me to make the food. It's fun for me to shoot the food. And then I get to edit the pictures. Ooh, that's my favorite part. I love editing. Really? I love it though. I mean, the only, I, I shoot a lot of pictures. And so the only not fun part about editing is having to pick through photos where, you know, it'd be like five in a row and all of them pretty much look the same (laughs) and trying to figure out, okay, but which Which one is the best best one? Ah, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So, and I'm of the mindset, like, I'd rather have too many pictures than not enough Mm because there's nothing worse than shooting, um, shooting a meal. And then you look at the pictures on your computer and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so trash. The focus (laughs) was off on this one. And the angle is off on this one. Oh my gosh, I left the plate out. The fork isn't where it's supposed to be. Like that is the worst to me. So I will take a zillion pictures and then have to thumb through every single last one of them to, so I can figure out which ones are the best. But like as far as like the editing process where I'm like tweaking the the brightness and the contrast and all that stuff, love it because I love me a good before and after. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. And
2: afterward, I write And then I figure out, you know, what to write about. And I usually try to make note of tips while I'm cooking and while I'm tweaking, um, just in case I run into anything, so I don't forget. So I'll be in the computer with my laptop up, like, okay, what do I, what do I want to tell people, or what do I want to make sure that other folks, you know, don't mess up?
1: Yeah, I like that. That's how you're supposed to do. I do it too. Like, um, I have a. A note thing on my phone where I just Mm -hmm. write down as I do things. And I'm not the best these days at putting out recipes and things like that, but I do try to keep it going just because I know I'm going to forget when it is time for me to put it out. So, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about vegan travel because I feel like you and your husband are always going somewhere. <laughs> and I'm jealous because I want to go too.
2: Oh, so
1: <laughs> I know that you use Happy Cow a lot um, for your travels, but what else do you use um, as far as like what helps you make traveling just as fun as a vegan as it is when you weren't a vegan? Because I will say for myself that one of the things that I kind of always feel like I'm missing out on when I travel is some of the local foods that are harder to make vegan Mm. um, in different places. So what is is your mindset going into this? Because, I mean, after all these years, I do realize that, okay, I'm not going to probably be able to eat everything that's there. But sometimes when I go to a place, I do want to eat everything that's there. So, like, how does that look for you guys when you travel?
2: Yeah, so what comes to mind when you said that was Japan. I got super lucky in Japan because Japan is super vegan-friendly. So there, I can't remember the name of the place that I went to, um, but they had a lot of local or authentic Japanese dishes that were made vegan. So I found that place. And I think I found that on, um, on Instagram. So one of the things that I like to do when I'm kind of like scoping out different places to eat at is I'll, you know, look, search for hashtags on Instagram just to kind of see what people are eating there already. Okay, I found the name of a place. It's called Tea's Tan Tan. So if you're ever in uh, Japan or in Tokyo, definitely go to Tea's Tan Tan. T. Dot, um, T. and then Tan Tan is one word. Mm. Uh, but anyway, they serve a lot of really authentic Japanese meals. And I I got lucky. It was delicious and it was definitely well worth it. But yeah, I I look through different hashtags. I put in different word combinations to just kind of see what is available because sometimes that's not the stuff that you'll find that other people are blogging about if you just do like a Google search. I use Happy Cow. I'll use Instagram. I'll use Google searches. I'll also use Yelp, which sometimes doesn't work as well abroad, but definitely Yelp for, for uh, the United States, because you can um, search through, you can, you can type it in the search bar, vegan options in, you know, Durham, North Carolina or wherever it is that you're going. And then when you find a restaurant that you're interested in, you can search through the, um, the comments and see if anybody mentioned anything about a vegan, such and such uh, entree or meal at that restaurant. And a lot of times if they have something vegan on the menu, Yelp will actually designate, uh, has vegan options available or something like that. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot of different tools out there that you can use, but I'll be honest with you. Sometimes you just gonna have to feel like you missed out and that's okay. And for me, I don't really feel like I missed out because I know that's not stuff that I want to put in my body. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, you know, that's good for you. But, you know, I'm good on that. Like, I don't don't need that in my life.
1: But I also think that comes with time, though. Because I did not. I felt like that at the beginning. And then I didn't feel like that. And then I'm back to feeling like you feel. You know what I mean? So I think it there's also a chance of it going back and forth. Like sometimes you think that you don't care then other times you do care. So yeah. I just kind of want to put that out there because I know that I have a lot of new vegans listening and I yeah. want, them,
3: yeah,
1: I and want I to say
2: that. Yeah. I think that something that is really important and my husband, we are total opposites when it comes to travel. I am the planner of planners. Like <laughs> I need to plan all the activities. I don't know if I'm ever going to come back to this place. So I want to see and do everything. And in addition, I want to eat everything. So I am scoping out all the vegan spots ahead of time. And I think for me, that probably helps too with me not feeling like I missed out because I always got something to look forward to. So like a few, was it in 2018, me and my husband, we took two months off of work just to travel. And so we traveled around like Asia some parts of Europe and so in some of those areas I was like planning out day by day okay so we're gonna do an activity over here but like two miles away is a vegan spot that I want to try so I'm gonna go over there after Dang. we do the activity Dang. and then later we're gonna be on this side of town so it's this other spot that I want to hit up that I'm gonna make sure and then I'm gonna go two blocks down the street to go get dessert So,
1: you know, (laughs) you are not playing around. Yes,
2: yes, that is me. That is me. Because if if it's a good vegan spot somewhere, I'm making time to go. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not a question. Now, honestly, that doesn't always happen because, you know, you have time constraints, you got things that you need to do. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense logistically. Um, But generally, I, I will definitely work food into my schedule so while my husband is eating whatever it is off the street I'm like well you know what I'm good on that because I'm about to go over here and get this (laughs) such and such from this place I've been eyeing it for a while the pictures look bomb on Yelp everybody talking about it on Instagram so I know it's about to be good so you go ahead and do your thing I'm gonna go down here and get my stuff in a few minutes and so I, I feel like you know as long as you prepare and give yourself something to look forward to, you you won't feel like you missed out. Because if you know that you're about to go get some bomb food somewhere else, you're like, oh, okay,
1: cool. That's a very good day. point. I'm so glad you said all of that because that's a really, really good point. I love that. So I wanted to talk to you about just working with brands, your views on like sponsorships. I know that when we did our pre-interview, you kind of said that you were trying to focus on your own, your own vibe this year. You wanted to do your own products and or or services. And I think that is so important. But I want to also talk to you about sponsorships, because I remember when I first saw you were probably at what? Uh, The first time I think I noticed that you had a sponsorship, I think you were probably at about what? 5,000 that I know
2: 5,000,
1: which I think is great because a lot of people think that you have to have hundreds of thousands of subscribers in order or followers to get money. So Mm -hmm. like, how did that look for you? Did you, did you approach the brand? Did they approach you? Like, how did that process look?
2: Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the brand approached me and I was like, I was jumping at the opportunity, like, what you want me to do? Like, what what we got to do? How much you going to pay me? Okay, let's do it. And to be honest, I wasn't even getting paid that much. Like, I think maybe like, maybe 175 or 250 or something like that. And this was for a blog post, mm-hmm. which, like I said, is more, I would have, I would, today I'm charging more for that as opposed to like an Instagram post. Um, but yeah, I was jumping at the chance. I mean, who wouldn't? I think that a lot of people see um, getting sponsorships as like, oh, she popping. She made it like she's doing a big um, and it's validating for a lot of people. And I can't lie. Like I felt validated, like, whoa, somebody wants to work with me. Mm-hmm. I only have maybe three, four thousand followers and my blog isn't really popping like that on the internet um, like it is now. And really, I still have a lot of work to do on that. So I'm being, I'm being facetious there, but I've grown a lot more since my first sponsorship that I've done, both in terms of social media and my um, my actual blog. But yeah, I, I was super excited to work with them. I did a blog post, and then we did some social media posts on it. And then from oh there,
1: wait a minute, I got to jump in here. That is greedy. So they wanted a blog post and social media for one seventy five. See, oh yes, they went oh too yes. far. Really? Maybe
2: it was maybe it was like two twenty five or two fifty maybe
1: these brands i swear I they take advantage of the fact that a lot of us do feel like that like oh my I gosh know. you want to work with me oh my good really but you know what i'm I know any better? <laughs> well we a lot of us don't that's why we're having this conversation exactly yes i had <laughs> a lot no of people idea. don't yeah and then there, wow. there are tools it's, it's secretive there. it's so secretive don't you it, feel it, like it, that
2: yes, it's so annoying it's so annoying because there are tools out there like you can You can type in, I don't know, you can do a Google search for like, you know, how much should I charge? And they have these little calculators that are based on, you know, how many followers you have, how many unique page visits you have and engagement rates or something like that. And whenever I did those calculations, I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z for $75. Like what? Get out of here. So I would not recommend those little calculators. You need to know your worth and ask accordingly. And I'll be honest with you, I have tweaked my pricing so many times in the past two years just based on what I have time for. And my experience, like, I I had to realize that at the end of the day, I'm offering a service to these people. Like, I'm not the only one who's winning in this situation. Th- this brand gets to... um be on stage in front of my audience. Mm-hmm. So it has to, for me, it has to be worth it. And so whenever I tell people, if people want to know how much I charge, I'll tell them. But a lot of times I think that people need to, um, figure that out for themselves only yes. because you are the only person who knows what is worth it to you. You know what I'm saying? So like, absolutely. and that's why I keep changing my pricing because I'm like, Three hundred dollars just don't do it for me. Like yeah, like,
1: that. so that's a, that's a very good point, Desiree, because it's mostly, I think that you should people should think about the deliverables. Like, what are they exactly. getting for that? Opposed to just having a flat rate, right? because exactly. you and, But I notice you get the most, of course, in my experience. I'm sure you feel like that too. When you do like a package, you get the most for your time and you know Mm -hmm. but I really think that it's based on what they're expecting from you and that's why when a brand reaches out 99% of the time I don't tell them right away how much it is I need to know what you want first
2: exactly because
1: it may not even be worth it like we like you said we both work full time it may not be worth my time to do all Mm -hmm. of that even if you are giving me a thousand dollars and I'm not saying it like I don't need a thousand dollars what I'm saying is that if it's especially oh and that's another thing too like it just depends on how the relationship is going to be? Because sometimes brands are very, very picky, and even if they're yes, giving a thousand dollars, right, it's not worth a thousand dollars because have, it's so much back and forth. It's like, yes, eh, Jesus, I could have did it my way, mm. and I didn't have to listen to you. So, mm. absolutely get all of that. Yeah. So, it really is. I'm so glad you said that. It really is about. The timing, what they want, and everything. Yeah. Yes,
2: and that's why I'm like, it has to be a number that makes me excited. Like, ooh, they want to pay me to do a blog post for this amount. Ooh, yeah, I'm all over it. (laughs) I, I'm not doing it for two and three hundred dollars. No more. Like that's, it's not. mm -mm, I'm not excited about that. That ain't enough. Like, yeah, it takes time. Like I said, I'm taking better quality photos these days. I think my blog post, like content is much better. It is. I have to take time to test out the recipes multiple times just to make sure I get it right. And that's money. Exactly. That costs money. So it has to be worth it. And then, you know, with food photography, like I'm not cra- I don't, I'm not that food photographer that has like a zillion different plates or whatever. Like if you notice. I use a lot of the same silverware.
1: I do notice that, but that's what I like about you, though. <laughs> yes, and I'm okay with that. Yes, it's very I think, minimalist.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yes, and I think a lot of people, when they do food photography, like they feel like they have to have all these different looks and stuff. And I'm like, girl, bye. I ain't keep got it simple, time.
1: right? Exactly.
2: And I use this silverware and plating and stuff like in my everyday life. So I just feel like that makes it a little more personal. But anyway, all this stuff takes time. And again, I work a full-time job. So really my time is limited as far as how much I can do, you know, just over the weekend because I ain't doing it in the evening. That's not Mm -hmm. happening. I'll write a blog post in the evening or edit some pictures, but like the actual work, the content creation happened on the weekend, which also means that I don't have time for other things. So, you know, it just has to be worth it to me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And luckily I'm a homebody as it is, so that's not really a problem for me, but, um, but yeah, it just, the number has to be worth it. And yes, some brands I've found I probably won't work with again because they were just such a pain in the ass. Sometimes it's just not worth it. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to go back and forth with you about so much. Like I remember, oh my gosh, there was this one brand And I had sent them, they wanted to approve the pictures before I posted, which is pretty normal. Some people, you want to know exactly what you're going to post on social media. So I sent them a group of pictures and they happened to pick one out for social media that I wouldn't have personally picked. Generally, uh, in in my experience, pictures tend to do better when they're a little more zoomed in Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see details of the food, right? So they picked out a picture and I was like, Ooh, I don't really, I'm not really feeling that one like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's when you do content for other people, it's pretty much there. So you kind of have to do what they say. So I was like, okay. So I posted that picture and I just zoomed in on it just a little bit, just a little bit. You could still see the name of the product. like the brand name. You could still see, um, a lot of the image, it was just zoomed in a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Don't you know, a few days later, here they come in my, my inbox like, yeah, that's not the picture that was approved. It's been edited. Can you take it down and repost it? Wow was floored and at the end of the day in the larger scheme of thing scheme of things it's not that serious but I was like look you messing up my feed pattern like and this those I had already posted like two or three other things after that so it wasn't like you know this was the most recent thing that I've done and I'm like oh who has time for this like this is so silly I just that was the kind of like the tipping point for me where I was like, you know
1: what? I have to do my own thing.
2: I got to do my own thing. I can't yeah. be tied to relying on these brands to make money because at the end of the day, I have to be happy with my content and I want to put out things that I'm proud of. And, um, and that really resonates with me first. Like, of course, you know, you want to do stuff for your audience, but at the end of the day, it's my blog. Yeah. So I, I want to do what I want to do sometimes. And, you know, like I said before, this is my blog, so I don't want to have to answer to anybody about the stuff that I post. Yeah. So for me, I was like, mm, Yeah, I'm good on that.
1: that. Yeah, this is relatable. Yeah, but easy. not not to that point. I mean, I didn't have anybody reach out, but um, telling me to do it, but like repost it. But I can relate to this. <laughs> it's just like I, the expectations are just a lot of times, in my opinion, they're not realistic, and so it's yeah. just easier for me to say no. But uh, one thing I want to say, I kind of want to go back on this because I think it's important. The reason why we were able to get to this point and we know what we want is because we had to have those mistakes in the beginning. Mm -hmm. We had had to be kind of taken advantage of a little bit in the beginning Mm -hmm. so that we can get that to that point. So I just want to say that because I don't want anybody to feel like they shouldn't take two hundred dollars. Because I've taken two hundred dollars. You know? Oh yes. And so oh, I don't yes. want people to feel like that. So I know I just want to say that because you just never know who's listening. And I want I don't want anybody to feel bad about that because money yes, is money. Absolutely. And it is a transfer of energy because at the end of the day, you are being paid for something you probably would have done for free. So exactly. That's a good exactly. way to look at it. But at the same time don't let these brands take advantage of you because they- Yes, thank
2: (laughs) thank you for saying that. I I hope I didn't make it sound like- No, 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 you you
1: didn't, you didn't. Oh, no, 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 you did not because we are both in the, I am here, okay? We see eye to eye (laughs) on this issue so much. You did not.
3: I just want to say that
1: because I I understand that that's another part of it. You know, we would have never been able to see it the way that we see it, exactly. if we didn't get taken advantage of. So exactly. that's why I want to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you
2: have to you have to grow. You have to grow through those experiences and just kind of keep them in your toolbox uh, mm-hmm. to reference later. So yeah, I did. I did my little two hundred dollar one seventy five. I, I don't remember how much it was, but I've I've been there and done that. But at the end of the day, it took me some time to realize that whatever I'm, whoever I'm working with, I have to be excited about it. The yep. content that I'm producing, I have to be excited about it. The money that they're paying, I have to be excited about it. Yep. Like it has to, I have to want to create that that um, that content for them. Yes. Um, so now these days, because of my experience with them, and they, honestly, they they haven't all been bad. A lot of them have been great.
1: I agree. Um, yeah.
2: A lot of most of the time, they're really good, but then sometimes they're not so good. And so for me, this year, one of the things I'm really wanting to focus on is how I can. Be of service to my audience, so it's it's continuing to grow, which I'm so thankful for. Hey. Um, yes, it's, it's it feels really good to to have people sliding in your DMs and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I just made this recipe. It turned out amazing. My omnivore husband loved it, and my kids are yapping it up." And I'm just like, <laughs> "Really? Alpha, my like, you made my recipe? Like that's insane." So I I love, love 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 that, and so it's it's really inspiring to get to be of service to people in that way. But this year I want to dig a little bit deeper and uh, figure out, you know, are there certain webinars that, that I could do that people might be interested in? Because I think that a lot of people, you know, are just starting out on their vegan journeys or plant-based journeys and they just don't know where to start. So for me, it seemed for the most part in my transition, it was pretty much like a light switch for me Um, But for some people, they really have issues with temptation and, you know, having to having to constantly figure out how to navigate socially now. So and I want to help people with that. So right now, I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like. So definitely stay tuned. Follow me on social media and keep up with my blog and sign up for my email so that you can be the first to know but I'm definitely looking out to putting out more um, content that is that is true to me and still is able to help people um, without, without relying on pass. brands.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good because that's what I, I feel the same way. Um, I don't want to. I, I would like to have it as a a source of income, but I I definitely have shifted my mindset around the fact that. You know, I don't want to rely on somebody else telling me what to do and how to do it and paying mm-hmm. me when they want to. Mm. And I can focus on my own products and services. And exactly. Make like for, and I like I just said. Like people, for instance, they always ask me, like, how do you start a podcast? How do you start a YouTube channel? And for like. The last year and a half, I kept saying, okay, I'm gonna do an ebook. I'm gonna do this and that. And then it's mm-hmm. like, no, how about you just throw up a page? And if somebody wants to have like a consultation with you, answer all their questions and help them. And that'll give me the momentum to actually put out the ebook because I really wanna focus yes. on having my own shit like I don't Girl, want to <laughs> so yes. rely on it and I'm not saying I won't do sponsorships because I will but yes exactly saying, like we've been saying this whole time it just has to make sense <laughs> exactly
2: it's, it's got exactly. to it's got to make so, sense exactly so, but you I, have, yeah you definitely go ahead. put that ebook out you really should
1: I, I will I will Desiree I mean I'm gonna I have just been working on it a little at a time yeah um, and I'm going to do it I want to do one for YouTube I want to do one for podcasting bam and, yeah, girl, you know, <laughs> because I mean, I know how to do, I've been doing both of them for years and it, I'm telling you, you would just not believe how many questions I get about how to do, how to do both of those things. And yes, and so I just know that I should do it. But in the meantime, okay, let me go ahead and get a stream of income and help uh-huh. people with consultations. I can do the consults and then I can use that information to help me make a better ebook because yes. I know exactly what people want because I already know what some, because see, somebody telling you what they want when it's free is different than somebody actually investing their time and money. Cause yes. then you really get the, you get the juice, you get everything mm-hmm. that you need. And so that's how I'm doing it because I really don't, I've been writing the eBooks, but not really just kind of like, more like tweaking the outline. I'm always tweaking okay. that and, you know, getting feedback, but for you, when you said the webinars, I think that is amazing. That's a great way for people to like connect with you and yeah. what they want and really helping the beginners like navigate, like you said, a lot of the issues that come up when you first become vegan. And I think social is a huge one. And Ooh, that yes. really is the reason why people don't do it. So I'm glad that you see that for yourself. When you told me that I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm talking about making yeah. this work for us, you know? <laughs> exactly.
2: And I, I want to do an ebook too. And I fought this for the longest because you, I couldn't tell you how many people have asked me, do you have a cookbook? Do you have a cookbook? And I'm like, Wait, why do y'all want a cookbook? Everything is on Rest-
1: my But you know what? People like things that are packaged up in a bow is what that, I realized that, too. That is exactly what I was about to say.
2: People will pay for convenience. And if that is the case, I will do that. I will do that. I, I've been going back and forth with it for like the past few years because I get the question so much. But
1: this year... It is going down, okay? Yes! Because see, you know what you can do though? Because you already have, I feel like you already have all the content. You already know all the recipes that did well that people really like. Right. So you can go ahead and just package that up with the ebook You know, put that out. It won't take you long. You already had a picture, see? Yes. It's done in 30 days. Stop It's me. funny that Stop you playing. say that
2: though because <laughs> I actually have already put together an ebook. It's my fan favorites recipes and those are the ones that, just like you said, that are doing well on the blog and seem to be really popular and always have the most hits or whatever. So I've already put together that ebook. I just haven't like put it out because I want to make sure that I, just dist- not distribute it, but present it to the world in the right way. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I want to do this? But I'm also, in the meantime, I've also been thinking of other ways to um other ebook content, um, content pieces that I want to put out. So like different topics. So I'm in a lot of different Facebook groups online and the number one question that seems to be out there is like, well, actually there are a number of questions. So I could do like an ebook on breakfast recipes, burgers, high protein ones seem to be really popular, high protein recipes, I mean, there are just a ton of things that it seems like people are requesting over. And and, and I'm like, okay, I got to fix this. I got to come out with a catch-all for
1: this because these people need help. And I'm yes. here to help. You are here to help. So mm-hmm. when are you out then, this first one, that's already pretty much done? <laughs> I don't
2: know. I don't know. And I'm this type of person, like I like to sit on things for a little while because there's nothing worse. And I I do this all the time with Instagram. I'll put up a post and then like, Three minutes later, I'm like, "Ooh, I should have said this," but I'm like, "People don't already seen it, so it's too late." So, oh, no, not I'll... three
3: minutes. <laughs> Look, <Love. laughs> well, you
1: know, dag on. Well, only like two people saw because Instagram. Was games.
2: Hey. They do be playing games. They really do be playing games. But I will be like, you know what? I'm just gonna save it for next time. So I put it in my notes, and I'm like, "Well, next time I, I do it, I'm gonna say this and try to be slick or whatever." So, um, but yeah, I just I want to sit on it because like. Like I said, I want when I put it out, I want to be a hundred percent confident. In in the material, you know what I'm saying. Down oh the- no,
1: I don't know what you're saying because you know what? There's no such thing. It's never going to be right. It's a year from now if we have this conversation. It's going to still be sitting then, on your right. You're right. But look, no, at it's least it's get to seventy percent.
2: Coming out this year, like it is happening. It's coming out this year. There are some recipes in there that are kind of old, and so I'm like, ooh, do I want to reshoot it? Because my photography has come a long way. But that's
1: okay. Because yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is you'll have dinner. And then you just reshoot it and it, that's it. I mean, <laughs> exactly. yeah, 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 <laughs> you gotta yeah. eat anyway, right? <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. So, yes, um I, I think there might be like two or three that I want to reshoot. Um, but yeah, it's definitely happening this year, Monique. Like, it's yes. definitely happening this year. So, yeah, I'm just interested in doing other things like that, trying to figure out ways that I can be of service to people and really just kind of help them this process because I think that's the number one thing that people they just you know it's like a fish out of water almost and I totally get that because a lot of us grew up eating meat and dairy and whatever. So you know for somebody to or for anyone to just change their mind one day and be like, you know what, I'm not eating that anymore. You'd be like, damn well what's left. And for a while I felt like that but I promise I don't anymore like ever. Especially these days like you got the impossible burger like you've got the beyond burger. You got there the Beyond sausages. Like there are so many options out here, it's not even funny. Like yeah, this is way easier to do these days. I mean, it, it's, it's I think it's easier now than even it was for me three years ago when I right. started. the The market has changed so much. Like I was just reading something on Facebook that said the Impossible Whopper was the number one um, late night requested item. And I was like, what?
1: Oh I mean like Uber I- Eats or something? What do they mean? What do they mean late night?
2: Yeah, so I think it was through Grubhub. Oh, okay. Grubhub had put this up and I was like, What a vegan food item is the number one. Dope. Requested item. that's so cool so mm-hmm. i need them places to give us a
1: vegan milkshake though you stop, know what i'm saying yes. i really need them to stop playing because i feel like mm-hmm. that is so easy to do i don't know why none of these places have hopped on that it's yet.
2: not that hard it's not that hard and speaking of which and we yeah. and go
1: back to the so delicious with some almond milk or some Ooh. coconut milk or something yes. that's
2: it please it's really not it's not rocket science and it's funny that you say that because one i don't know if this will happen this year but eventually i'd like to start working with restaurants because I think a lot of people, you know, they grew up on meat and dairy, so they really don't know what else is out there. And I feel like so many places are missing out on money because they don't have a vegan option. Yep. And honestly, vegan options are not that hard to make. It's not, I'm not saying like you got to create a whole menu, but at least have two or three good things up there that are not a freaking salad. Like nobody- Or a veggie
1: burger. I or, feel like- Everything I mean that, is always a veggie
2: burger. You know what? I will take a veggie burger these days because some like I. There is this place that my coworkers like to go through, like to go to for like celebrations and stuff, and I cringe every time because they don't have any vegan options. Like the vegan, well, they do. You can have sweet potato fries or you can have a salad, and I am <sighs> over it. And so I'm like, y'all, can I need to start working with brands or businesses, restaurants and stuff to help them develop appealing vegan food options, because some of these places, it's like, look, you got to get with it. What is it?
1: 2001? What are you doing? Exactly.
2: (laughs) I'm like if if Burger King has a vegan option, you need a vegan option. Like what? It seems like common sense to me. And I'm I'm just thinking like, okay, well, they just must not know how easy it is to make a vegan option. They Mm -hmm. must not know. So I'm here. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to teach you.
1: I think that's a great idea. You should really pursue that. I'm serious. That would be great.
2: I don't know if it'll happen this year, but it's on my list of things to do. So yeah. we'll see. One thing at a time. I got to get these ebooks popping and this webinar popping first.
1: Yes, do that, do that, do that. Yes. So before we wrap up, is there any like last tip that you want to give or parting words or whatever <laughs> that you want to say before we wrap up? And then no. tell us how we can um, contact you. Like how would you like us to follow you on social media, your blog, all that good stuff? Well,
2: so I I will say you said a last minute or last words or tips. So my tip is to just be patient with yourself. If there are any people out there that are like, you know, just now adopting a plant-based or vegan diet, just be patient with yourself. You might not be one of those people where you can just kind of flip it on and off like a light switch. It might take some time. So if that means slowly eliminating things out of your diet or just like every day saying, okay, well, I'm going to have a vegan option for breakfast. And then you move into lunch. And then before you know it, you're conquering dinner. And so, you know, if if you need to break it up like that, definitely do that, but just be patient with yourself and know that you will make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes eating stuff that I thought was vegan and come to find out it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything's going to be okay. And even though the vegan police are out there, who cares? Like, you, you will make mistakes and everything will be all right. The world d- will not end because you accidentally ate this or that. So, um, so yeah, just patience is my biggest thing. And honestly, I think one of the things that helped me is that I'm re- I was willing to try new things, even things that I didn't like prior to going vegan. So for me, that's, it sounds so childish now, but like I didn't eat bell peppers. I didn't eat onions. um, I didn't eat, I still don't like Brussels sprouts, even though I've tried, I've tried them a few times and I'm still, I still don't get it. I don't know why people like those. And even if you try it once, be open to maybe trying it again in a different way, like served a different way, prepared a different way. Like maybe one time you had grilled Brussels sprouts and you might might try boiling them or something i don't know but there are different ways to prepare different foods and so you might enjoy it another way and not so much one way so just be open to trying new things and revisiting foods that you didn't like in the past you never know you might you might really enjoy it like i live and die by onions and um bell peppers now like i can't see my life without them so <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, how can we? How can we follow you on social media? Where do you want to send us?
2: Yeah, you can well, send them because I'm me. already following
1: you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram. It's I can you can vegan. I'm pretty much I can you can vegan everywhere except on Twitter. It's spelled a little bit differently, but I don't really tweet like that. But I'm gonna start. So, if you want to follow me there, do that, and you'll encourage me to to get on my Twitter game. But it's I can you and it's the letter U, not the word i can you can vegan um and then of course my blog is i can you can vegan.com but i'm sure if you google me you'll find me and all my links are on the blog there so yeah
1: yes and I'll be sure also to link everything um all of your links as well as everything that we discussed in this episode at brownvegan.com too so
2: you'll be there yes so excited thank you again Monique this was amazing
1: yes thank you I really really appreciate this conversation I knew it would be good but let me tell you let me tell y'all this so Desiree and I met before we get off of here we met on Instagram probably what two years ago
2: yeah, Probably two years ago,
1: and so we had like you know the Instagram typical Instagram relationship, and then uh, Desiree hops in by DMs like uh, what two weeks ago and was like, yep. "So when, when is this podcast coming back? Because I need to be a guest." And I was like, "Yeah." Yep. <laughs> While I was on break, I had like a list. I got like eighty people on my list of people that I want to interview, and she was one of us. I, I love that when it happens when you just hop right in my DMs, yep. make this yep. easy. Let's go ahead and get on my calendar, girl. So yeah, yep. I'm so glad this is a very very good conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show, and we'll be talking soon because I know you're in North Carolina. So I feel like I sure am. there would be a reason in the future that I would need to be down there for maybe like work or something. So yes, well let be me great. know. Around. Yes, thank you so much again for being on the show.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me.